Welcome to Sasquatch Ate My Baby. I'm Dave, that's Kate. Hi, friends. And the soup of the day is hearty Portuguese kale. Mm-hmm. I like when they have the word hearty. That's what gets you? Yeah. So like, just add some chunks of shit? Well, soup, is, uh, we've covered this. I don't think soup is food. It's a side dish. Yeah. Or like a snack. Unless it's hearty. Or a drink with lumps. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's hearty, you know, that's going to fill you up a little bit. So I'm in. So if it's a drink with lumps, does that make bubble tea soup? Yes. What about that aloe water shit? Don't aloe drink juice? that. That's gross. Right? Who are Disgusting. you? My dad? Who's drinking aloe? My dad. <laughs> yeah, I walked into their house the other day. He's like, you want an aloe drink? I was like, no. What, did he get a sunburn on his stomach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Soup. Speaking of soup. We are Sasquatch Ate My Baby. You can find us on Twitter at Sas Ate My Baby. <laughs> Instagram at Sasquatch Ate My Baby. Facebook, Sasquatch Ate My Baby. Gmail, Sasquatch Ate My Baby at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, where you can send your stories, um, your fun facts, your cup recommendations. Yep. Your general love for us. Rocky movie facts. Rocky movie facts. Um, and, or your joy for stickers, which we might feel pity on you and send you one. <laughs> I love stickers. I wish I could have one. <laughs> oh, you're in luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's going to be dark. Yeah. Real dark. <laughs> Real dark. <laughs> We're going to try and keep it lighthearted, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. After I did my research for mine, I played Nancy Drew. Did that help? Yeah. I just finished my research like 20 minutes ago, so I'm still pretty so bummed you're out. still in the deep dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's good because I won't have to experience it twice. But that's it's true. all through. I have to experience it twice. It's fair. But you have some fun stuff to talk about. Not fun stuff. Stuff I'm pissed off about. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really fun for me. All right. If you haven't Oh, watched... wait. I bought a gun today. Oh, it's yay! It's really awesome. <laughs> Guns. <laughs> it's a Marlin 336BL. No big deal. And I also went to a distillery today. Ooh. That was fun. Which one? Stillhead in Duncan. Went on a tour. Dude taught us how to make booze. Now you have your own distillery? Mm, no. <laughs> make a moonshine? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but they mostly make like gin and vodka and occasionally like some other weird shit sometimes. I love gin. Me too. We actually bought this uh, gin that was aged in a whiskey barrel. Oh, that was good. Cool. Um. But I saw, like, they had some whiskeys in the back that they weren't selling. Some, like, casts of it. Mm-hmm. And I told the guy who owns it. It's like, oh, shit, I like whiskey. He's like, you're a whiskey guy? And he starts pulling out all this whiskey and shit for me. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Did you tell him about our podcast, Dave? Nope. He was super old. No, it's okay. You can say, I'm going to shout you out on my podcast. And he'll be like, great. That's true. Go to Stillhead. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. And they have this thing where you can buy a five-liter cask. And they give you the liquor. Mm-hmm. Like unaged liquor, like single malts or bar bourbons and stuff. You put it in and you age your own whiskey. So it makes you feel like you're participating in your own alcoholism. You kind of are. Yay! <laughs> it's like when you get like a toddler to like put away his own toy so he feels involved. That's right. <laughs> Except this one, you have to wait like a year before you drink it <laughs> or that's, more. That's an investment. Like, yeah. It's like four, almost 400 bucks for. You get like 10 bottles out of it, she said. Like 750 mil bottles. Cool. Yeah. Banking on no apocalypse there, but 
What do you mean? Like if the apocalypse happens and you have to like vacate your house, are you taking your aged whiskey with you? I'm bringing the whole barrel, yeah. <laughs> That's right. like the first thing I'm packing. My new gun and then the barrel. Perfect. <laughs> then I'm going to get drunk and shoot stuff. <laughs> it's a new world. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that was my happy fun day. Now tell me about your misery. Or your anger. My anger, okay. Because so you're not miserable at all. You're so happy right now. I am. I can see it. <laughs> My mental health is great, guys. <laughs> um, if you have not watched and you intend on watching the documentary Abducted in Plain Sight, you need to skip ahead three minutes. And if you come back in in three minutes and I still sound enraged, you need to keep going. <laughs> I'm timing you. <laughs> I'm cutting you off in three. All right, Dave, have you heard about this documentary? Nope. Okay. I think it came out in 2017. Um, I know it launched on Netflix in a couple of other countries first because one of my friends in another country told me about it before it was on. In was she angry too? Yes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> she, she just said, just watch this and we'll talk about it later. And I was like, <laughs> and the second I started watching her, it, I started texting her and I was like, girl, I'm mad. <laughs> so it was called Abducted in Plain Sight. Abducted in Plain okay. Sight. I'm sorry. Continue. So it's a documentary about uh, a adolescent girl who got abducted twice by a family friend. What is this, the movie Taken? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so basically this family met this other family at church. And they had like very similar families and they were like neighborinos. Neighborinos, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ned um, Flanders. <laughs> and the dad of that family just became enamored with the with the one girl, Jan. Um Spoiler alert. This entire thing spoiler alerts. I'm basically going to tell yeah, you. You've already said that spoiler for the next yeah. five, four minutes, three minutes. <laughs> True. Um, so it, Jan survives. There's a happy ending. Terrific. Great. Yay. Okay. So he abducts her and takes her to Mexico. Okay. And there in Mexico, he like drugs her and tricks her into thinking that she's a half alien, half human hybrid. Holy shit, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that her sole purpose on Earth, and she, he's got like a little speaker box that's telling her this, um, is that she is going to create uh, an offspring that's going to save their race. So he's not in the room? He's speaking through a speaker box? They, they, uh, he is, they're in an RV at this point. And why the speaker box, though? Uh, I think it's just his way of tricking a young girl into thinking aliens are talking to her. So he's not in the room? He's speaking into the machine. Or he's, or he's pre-recorded. Right, yeah, okay, fair mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. Um, and basically these aliens tell her that they've picked a male companion for her and that... Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> and that she needs to uh, produce an offspring by the time she's 16 or um, they will eliminate her real father, like kill him. Mm -hmm. Um and then pass the the job on to her next youngest sister, um, and then she'll have to go through this. Oh, so you might as well get it over with, and your father will live, and your yeah. sister will be fine. Yeah. Um, anyways, so that's all going on in that time. And she believes this because she's on drugs? Uh, she's also like 12 mm, okay. at this point. So prior to this, there had been like a bunch of stuff going on. So... 
uh, she had gone over to like sleepovers and then like woken up with her panties around her ankles. Um, she had acted, she had gone on a family vacation with this family um, and acted a little bit weird. So he took her back to the hotel room. Um, and then she like had a memory of seeing him naked there and just like not okay stuff even for the 70s. Um, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's like not cool. Um, and he had like, basically become so in love with her that he had started thinking of ways to get access to her through her family. So he tricked her father into giving him a hand job so that they had this homosexual experience together that he could then in the future blackmail her father. How does a man trick a man to give another man a hand job? Uh, it didn't sound like very much trickery. It just sounded so like him saying, I want a, I want a hand job. And then the dad was like, oh, okay, like I've never done that before. Gotta be neighborly. <laughs> Gotta be neighborly. <laughs> and then he started like hitting on the mom and like um, kind of like making her feel really good. Like she was the one that she wanted and just like started to drive a wedge between the parents all while trying to gain access to their daughter fuck okay Okay. so originally he had taken her on like the ruse that he was taking her to the horse stables to go horseback riding okay but then a day goes by and they don't come back Mm -hmm. two days go by they don't come back and they three days even two well we're still just two. two and they're like well maybe we should like call someone and then so they call like a local fbi bureau that was closed for the weekend so they had to call one in another town that was still open okay and then they're like uh no maybe we'll just give him the weekend see if she brings him back oh great <laughs> so day five they finally contact the fbi to let them know that their child's been abducted Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay and then so then the guy calls back or calls like from mexico and's like hey you need to give me permission to marry your daughter and how old is she at this point? She's Still like, 12? She's like 12 or 13. Like pretty young. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. That was the Yeah. Answer. But uh, then they're like, okay, well, we got to do like whatever we got to do to like make him like get our daughter back. Because they're like, oh, we so desperately want him back. But like five days passed. And like five fucking days passed. Yeah. <laughs> before you reported your yeah. daughter missing. <laughs> like. So did they like agree to get him to like show up? Like, yeah, that's cool. Mary. Well, the police, somehow, I got distracted at this point because I was so enraged and I was probably texting, but somehow the Mexican police got involved. They came to the RV that they were in. They took both him and her, took them to jail, separated them. He then bribed, uh, like, some sort of police officer guy there with his gold ring so that he'd get in and talk to her. And then he starts putting more of the alien shit into her head. He goes, okay, the alien spoke to me. This is what they said. They said that if you tell um, anyone, this is where they bring in the killing your father thing. They say they'll make your other sister go blind. Um, and mm. then, and so on and so on. So basically, you have to keep your mouth shut about everything. Just tell them that we went on a vacation. We just went on a vacation to, and there's nothing wrong. Okay. Jesus. Okay. So they go back to wherever the fuck they are. Like Connecticut. I don't know. No, they were in Salt Lake City. <laughs> or Utah. They're somewhere Utah. in Utah. Utah. Okay. <laughs> Um, outside of Utah or near Utah or California, maybe. Okay. Salt Lake City's involved at one point. Okay, well, that's in Utah. Okay. So it's somewhere near Salt Lake City. Somewhere near Salt Lake City. Okay. okay. And then so they come back and the family's all like, okay, like these char- there's gonna it's going to go to like the FBI is basically charging him. He's going to get charged with abduction. Um, the family is all the witnesses for this. Um, and then they get a knock on the door, and it is the guy's wife. 
that's their family friend. Oh, right. I forgot about her. And she comes in and she goes to the husband and she's like, hey, so like we need to talk privately. And then so the husband is like, okay, like let's go talk with my crazy ass neighbor's wife. And then he comes out and he basically tells his wife, we need to sign affidavit saying that we gave him permission to take our daughter. Why? Because they were going to blackmail him with the hand the job. Handy? The handy. It's just a handy. <laughs> like, I guess it's the 70s. That's a big deal. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, to protect his image, like, we'll we'll do this. So they basically Jesus. dropped out being um, witnesses to it. All while the young girl, who at this point, like, she's been groomed in one of the most extreme ways where she's being tricked into thinking that she has a mission to have a baby to save. Yeah, so she th- yeah. still thinks it. She still thinks this. She thinks this for, like, this entire story, basically. Right. Um, but, like, how manipulative is that to trick a child, like, I mean, he's not a good human being. No, like not at all. And like that, that is like an extreme form of grooming. Like that's not just being like, oh, like you look pretty in that dress like yeah. this. And like, this is some serious manipulation. Yeah. It's like to a whole nother level. Like that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is his wife okay with all this? Why does she not want him to it's go to prison? It's the seventies. Oh, right. <laughs> fucking 70s everybody's on coke so they're all like okay well we should keep him separate from our daughter like we should keep him separate but they don't (laughs) oh great (laughs) um and so to drive a wedge like further in between the family he starts seducing the mom again and she's cool with it she starts fucking the hell out of him Oh my She's banging him. So he, at this point, he's living separately from his family. Um, he's talking about divorcing his wife, but I don't know if he's actually talking to his wife about divorcing his wife. He's just saying yeah. it. Yeah. He's saying it to the mom and he's saying it to Jan because Jan is also madly in love with him at this time because she thinks that they're meant to be together. Because of the aliens. So they're writing each other love, love letters. He's sneaking into her bedroom um, and they're talking. They're having, um, over the course of the time, she said that she thinks that he may have have been with her sexually over 200 times shit Mm -hmm. oh this is another fact back from when she came back so he had raped her and like it sort of ish like i mean she was willing but not willing um back in the thing but he had only put it in about an inch or so that's not an inch katie that's like (laughs) (laughs) is this like what the hell an inch this is what i think an inch is all my boyfriends had three inch penises. If you think that's three, that means it's this big. It's like a nice sized fish. I feel bad for you. That would hurt. Um, <laughs> so when she was examined by a doctor after, um, they told, or the doctor told her parents that there probably wasn't sexual assault because her hymen wasn't broken. Because he was only putting it in an inch. Mm-hmm. Why was he doing that? Um, I don't know. He's just a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. She's little, right? You don't want to hurt her. Wants it to be good for her. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. It's very odd. This whole thing's fucked. Just the <laughs> That's just a trick men say to women so they can go fully in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Anyway, continue. Um. Yeah, so he's banging the mom. The mom, um, and then the dad, like, kind of clues in. is like, this dude's doing this to get at our daughter who we don't want him near or our children. So he serves the mom with divorce papers, takes the kids away, explains to them, hey, we're getting divorced. Um, 
and it's over the welfare of their children is the yeah. the grounds for it um so she takes that to the scary dude the rapey dude yeah and tells him this and he's all like oh well like who cares blah blah, blah. like you're better off this way um again trying to like manipulate her and she's like oh, no that's like my family that's my husband like those are my kids like i i can't do this and she leaves him she finally okay. smartens the fuck up marianne kind of like <laughs> she's still pretty dumb yeah so again these trysts are going on behind their back um and then jan insists that she wants to like go visit him and that she's gonna hitchhike to go see him maybe this happened before and they let her they let her mm-hmm. why he left like to get away from the guy he took his children yeah. and they're like oh yeah go find him um well he had like a water park somewhere so and she wanted to go work there and like be with him and, and they let her and i was like the fuck <laughs> like you're saying we don't want him to be near him but we're just gonna like let her yeah yeah and it's basically he called and threatened and was like oh she's just gonna hitchhike and come do it and i was like okay well no that's stupid so anyways mm-hmm. flash forward so she's back home after that and after the water park yeah after the water park and then they're keeping him away from her again and then they go to wake her up one morning and there's a note on her bed basically saying like i don't believe in your religion i don't like you like i don't agree with you and i've run away okay and the sister was like that was a really weird note like she wouldn't have been like that yeah okay okay so she's missing for like 90 days and then 102 days and they're in contact with him back and forth back and forth um because he's saying that he has no idea where she is no idea where she is and they think that she's run away or that maybe he has her and he's pretending that he's just as worried but occasionally she's calling him and then she calls them and is like i just wanted to hear your guys's voices like (sighs) Um, and then when they ask where she is, she's like, Hey, I gotta go. There's like tapes of all this cause their, their phone was tapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, um, the FBI is able to narrow down where he's staying in a trailer park in his RV and, um, like keep him under surveillance. And he says he still doesn't know anything, but then they follow him to a phone booth where he calls a number, talks for a little while and then leaves. But in the phone booth is a phone book that's still open to a number. Okay. So they call the numbers on there and they come across a Catholic a girl's school in California. Mm-hmm. So they go and they start talking to the nuns. They're like, nope, we don't have anyone by that name. And they're like being like kind of standoffish. And then they finally narrow it down, explain the situation. And the nuns are like. So they thought they were protecting her. Yeah. And then so basically they find out that he had enrolled her at this Catholic school pretending to be her father and that he was a CIA agent. He told this to the nuns mm-hmm. during like this whole Lebanon crisis, <clears throat> and that her their okay. mother, <laughs> her mother had been killed by like the fucking Lebanese, and that she needed to be protected there while he's off doing his CIA shit. Fucking nuns. <laughs> so <laughs> this story is ridiculous. Yeah, like you couldn't write this. No, it's fucking insane. And the whole time I'm like, oh. I totally skipped over an entire part. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the first of, uh, kidnapping. So the family... In Mexico. Si- yeah. Okay. Family signs affidavit. He still goes to court. He gets charged um, for the abduction anyways. He gets five years in prison. But then they shorten it to just 45 days. Okay. And then so he starts serving his sentence um, shortly after she disappears this first time. Or the second time. Uh. And he's in prison for 10 days 
So he was sentenced to five years, brought down to 45, and he stayed for 10. For good behavior. Wow. The justice system. (laughs) Woo! So the whole time I'm like, 10 fucking days? And her parents just let him see them? She was gone for five days before they reported her. And now she's gone 102 days. And like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like at this point. So then they bring her home. Um, I don't think he really has contact with her after this time. Um, And then... She kind of like goes on with her life, and then by her sixteenth birthday, she like she goes to a drama camp. She starts to be interested in another boy. He buys her an ice cream. She gets like totally fucked up in the brain. It's like, oh no, this boy can't because like it'll ruin the mission. My sister. She's still on that. Yeah, and then she gets it in her head if she's not pregnant, like by what's his name, by her sixteenth birthday, she's gonna buy a gun, and she's gonna shoot her little sister so she doesn't have to go through this. What the fuck? And then she's gonna kill herself. Okay. Yeah. But then she wakes up on her 16th birthday and nothing bad has happened. Right. And then she realizes he's been tricking her the whole time. And then she goes and confesses everything to her mom and dad. And did the guy get arrested again for the second kidnapping? Uh, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. He served a whole six hours. No, he, he he didn't get, I don't think he got any time for that. If he did. No, he didn't um so okay the time passes she goes to therapy her her mom and her start talking more in 2003 her and her mom um publish a book together about this incident and they start touring um to educate people on manipulation of uh pedophiles and abductors and right basically like women's rights and the kind of stuff like that he starts harassing them so he starts making out like long pamphlets and like placing them on cars throughout the town basically saying that these are lies this is what she's made up this is the homosexual relationship like all this like stuff the handy stuff yeah and he's making shit up in it as well like basically accusing them to like defame them right um and then so she goes up against him in court to get a stalking um injunction against him Mm -hmm. because he's stalking her like he's psychotic and yeah a little bit so in this uh stalking junction he starts asking her questions like oh you're like you're gonna make money off your book and he's like no i said there might be like a movie deal like someone might offer something but i only want to make as much as that we've put into it and i want to educate people and she's like being really smart about like she seems like she's a really well thought out person how their fan like how apparently all the bullshit the 70s was a thing like (laughs) if you could take the 70s law and the 70s like mindset of the families and just throw it into this one case it's all there (laughs) (laughs) it's before helicopter parents i mean five days it's fine and with a man it's not like only she was with her friends for five days some strange man she's with like a 40 year old man (laughs) like oh fuck um, i'm not done though (laughs) okay so she gets served the, or she gets the stalking injunction basically which is supposed to protect her for five years she gets it for the rest of her life she wins he's not allowed near her that's good yeah so finally the justice system prevails like we're so happy but he still didn't serve any time uh no and then um and then there is so basically she has another like public event where she's speaking and um baka which is bikers against child abuse are there as her bodyguards basically 
Um, and he comes and he shows up and he runs one of them over. Like he attacks one them. of the bikers. Yeah. <laughs> so the bikers get up and like they chase after him and they're like, the bikers are like, fuck you, dude, because you're like a creepy ass pedophile. Did they kill him? No. Um, Ooh, but he goes, but he ends up getting tri- uh, tried for this. Like this is a like, misdemeanor and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, he ends up getting prison time for this. And he goes, I, I don't want to go to prison. Like, I don't want to spend a day in prison. So he takes all of his heart medication and some Kahlua and kills himself. Fuck. Good and, riddance, yeah. I guess. And then she says that since they've written this book, six more victims from their town have come forward. And he had only spent one year in jail for the rape of one of them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So out of this entire thing, he spent like one year and 45 days in jail. He got off too easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, With his death, I mean. Yeah. Like, now that I'm remembering, he did get tried for the second abduction, but I don't remember what the results were. But I know he um, didn't get anything for impersonating a CIA agent. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that even. Mm-hmm. Well, sounds like a real stand-up citizen. Like, what the fuck, though? Yeah, no shit. That's an entire movie in a nutshell. And me going, what the fuck, every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Five days. Five days. Five days. I don't even care about that. Well, the, I do. The but parents like had a like, fair and a handy. <laughs> but them, after getting her daughter away from him, they're just like, yeah, okay, go back. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He's changed. He owns a water park now. <laughs> No evil man can own water parks. I'm pretty sure every rapist has owned a water park. Yeah, that's what they open them for. (laughs) For rape in the shower. Water parks, theme parks. Yeah. Yeah. Rape parks. True that, true that. Well, mine involves a lot of child rape, so. Oh, fuck! (laughs) Yeah, and murder. Are you going first? Did we agree on that? Yep. Okay. I avoided as much of the child rape as I could. Okay. But there's some of it. We're going dark. Why are we even doing this? Why do we do these episodes? (laughs) Why don't we do happy things like the Mothman who saves people? (laughs) Why? I don't know. Nessie. Nessie's never hurt a soul. (laughs) Fucking ghosts even. Sure, they died, but they're fine. And then we do murder. Like that ghost last week. He just wanted a beer. That's it. He did? Yeah. The episode recorded last week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's not out yet. I forgot. According to you. (laughs) I haven't heard that one. (laughs) You lived it. I was distracted, though. Yeah, that's true. All right. Fred and Rose West. I like those names. Oh, yeah. They're very pleasant people. Um, I got this. I asked. I walked into my break room mm-hmm. and I said, "Who should I do a top or who should I research?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or Robert Picton? Dude was like Fred and Rose West. Those are all really dark ones. Okay. Yeah, but even so, mm-hmm. I'd rather have done Robert Picton. At least it's just the murder of prostitutes, not children. Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying prostitutes are terrible people, but children are children. Uh, but anyway, he recommended this because back in the 90s, he worked on the case. 
what yeah why isn't he here to tell us about it i asked him that he said he doesn't want to talk about it oh my god <laughs> he also told me this this other story this is why you're... wait is this local then no it's in england he was in england he's is he a british bus yeah. driver yes that narrows it down shit <laughs> <laughs> okay he told me this story while he was working that uh they walked into this crime scene uh-huh. and there was a man who was stabbed 41 times in a cupboard that you could only lock from the in outside in this case no this is a different oh, okay. case this is just something he told me is this a problem solving question no this is just a funny story okay even though it involves murder okay <laughs> <laughs> so 41 times stabbed oh. yeah inside a cabinet locked from the outside the outside yeah so all the murderer are... locked him in okay. inside that's all that's all that matters okay the chief inspector whatever the fuck they call it over there walked in said oh this is suicide right they're like no it's a murder he's like no it's a suicide because we don't have money in the budget for another murder right now so it was swept under the rug and like three or four years later um this guy walks into a cop shop and he's like i feel so guilty i stabbed a man 41 times or whatever he said at this location and he turns himself in and it's like how the fuck like obviously it was a murder first of all yeah this guy closed this other cop closed the case because the guy turned himself in but it was swept under the rug as a suicide after it was impossible because he locked himself in a cupboard and stabbed himself 41 times there's so much corruption right it's not in the budget to solve this murder so it's a suicide how many times does that happen it's like oh that that guy was murdered no it's suicide can't afford it so does that happen all the time? Uh, it's gotta. Well, was this the 70s? It was the 90s. Oh, the 90s? Mm, that's... Might have Still. been the 70s in England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but how fucked up is that? That's so fucked up. Yep. No, so it's... did someone get their ass handed to them then? Once this guy well, came in and confessed? I don't think so. Because like it was just... Oh, we thought it was a suicide. Obviously Ow. it wasn't, but you just fudge some shit, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, Fred and Rose West. Someone was just trying to get their bonus that year. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, these are serial killers mm-hmm. from the UK. Um, I think Fred was born September 29, 1941. Uh, when he was young, this mostly kind of goes with Fred, and then I pick up Rose later okay. when they get together. Um... He's very aggressive with women at a young age. He saw them as objects to be used for his pleasure. And he would often, if they came up to him or he approached them, he'd fondle them. Didn't give a shit. Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently when women did agree to have sex with him, he was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like most hashtag me too's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I wrote this down thinking maybe like it pushed him over the edge, mm-hmm. but when he was seventeen, he bought a, seventeen. He bought a motorcycle. He crashed, fractured his skull, so he had head trauma. Like what? all serial killers, like have head trauma. Yeah, and he had more head trauma when he groped a woman on a fire escape, and she punched him in the head, and he fell two stories. 
So much head trauma. Yeah. Michael has a head trauma story from when he was young, so I always make jokes about him becoming a serial killer, especially because he's got like a little like layer that he works on model planes on. <laughs> that sounds like a serial killer yeah, hobby. <laughs> I brought him lunch the other day and I was like, just like a serial killer's wife. <laughs> Did I knock soon enough, honey? <laughs> oh, you're going to die. <laughs> Can't. Um, Michael's already ghost, remember? Send your fan mail to sasquatchingmybaby at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, June 1961. Fred's 13-year-old sister. Uh, how old does this make him? So he, this makes him 20. Fred's 20. Um, his 13-year-old sister, Killy. I can't be right. Hmm. I wrote down Killy. It's probably Killy. It's probably short for something. Killy. Uh, Maybe it's short for Killian. Wait, that's a boy's name. I didn't even know that was a name. <laughs> um, anyway, she tells her mother that he has been raping her since the previous December, and she was pregnant with mm. his child. Uh, Fred was arrested. When the police asked him why he did it, he said, doesn't everybody do it? So he's crazy. Doesn't everybody rape their little sister? Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. Um, his mother, Daisy, was going to def- defend him through her testimony throughout the whole case, even though she turned him in. Um, Mothers. Yeah. And Fred was kicked out of the house after... Oh, why did it? The testimony. Maybe the girl didn't want to testify, so she didn't. it never went through. He wasn't charged. Something like that. Because it's the 90s, I guess, which is the 70s No, this is the 60s. Oh, this is the 60s. Oh. This is the early Fred. Hmm. It keeps going through the seventies and eighties and Okay. Um, so his family disowns him, but within the year he reconciled with his parents, but the rest of the family still hated him. But come on. What the fuck? Like this is more shit, like why are people okay with these things? Like your whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um Cause back in the day. Yeah. November seventeenth, nineteen sixty two, Fred marries a woman named Rena. Uh, who he had previously dated in the 60s, but she was pregnant with a Pakistani child. Like, the man was Pakistani. Very unspecific, or not necessary detail. Is it necessary? Uh, a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, because um, the mixed children in the 60s, I guess, was a terrible thing. Oh, right. And uh, to explain the mixed-race child, they said that she had miscarried and they adopted this child. Ah. Um... I don't remember. Oh, her name was... Uh, it's in the story later on. I don't remember. But uh, in July 1964, they had their own daughter, Anna Marie. Next page. Um, Fred, uh, well, he was in the house, unless he was at work. He crafted their bunk beds into cages. So they have to stay on the bottom bunk, and they'd be caged as long as he was in the house. He was in the house, and they were only allowed out when he was at work. I have a tangent. Okay, hit me. <laughs> so when I first got Holt when he was a puppy, I needed like a pen to keep him in when I was at work, so that mm-hmm. he just couldn't free range. Um, and I wanted one of those like baby ones um, that they have, but I didn't know a baby cage. <laughs> yeah, I what's a baby cage? <laughs> it's a pen. Oh, those it's pens. It's a playpen. Okay. But at the time, I didn't know what it was, so I went into Toys R Us and I was like, "Do you have like, um, you know, like those baby cages?" <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you didn't know the word pen. I couldn't think of it. Like, it was just like, it was one of those, it's on the tip of your tongue, but yeah. it's like not coming out. So cage. <laughs> you know, like. What did they say? They're like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, like to keep them in a spot. They thought you were crazy. <laughs> they thought you were going to kill a baby. And then I was like, you know, like in Rugrats, like they, they have the thing that goes around them and they always use the toy screwdriver to get out. Well, one of those pens. Yeah. I, I thought you meant like those other self-closed No, pens. I wanted the self-closed ones, but that's the only like example of it that I could come okay. up with. And did they accept that? Yeah. They knew what you meant? Yeah, I ordered one from their website. That's awesome. <laughs> they had very good customer service once they figured out I didn't want to cage a human. Good. Um, uh, eventually, a woman named Anna McFall... Started hanging out with the Wests a lot. Don't know why, but she did. She became friends with them. Um, why did I write that? Doesn't matter. I wrote here <laughs> that Fred has many affair, had many affairs and fathered several, or at least one illegitimate child. Hmm. That never comes up again. It's <laughs> just a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is why. Because when Rena found out, she uh, started having an affair with a man named John McLaughlin. Uh, Fred even caught them once, and he attacked Rena. Mm-hmm. Punched her in the head. John snapped, beat the shit out of Fred. Fred pulled a knife, got him in the stomach. <gasps> John didn't give a shit, continued to beat the fuck out of Fred. Oh, he's badass. And Fred's a piece of shit. He got one stitch. <laughs> <laughs> the affair continued. Um... One day, John noticed that Rena looked beaten up, mm-hmm. so he found Fred and beat the shit out of him again, which is all great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, one day, That's in, the true love story there. Oh, Charmaine. That was the Pakistani girl's name, the Rena's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day, uh, Charmaine. Oh, yeah. I should have mentioned. Fred's an ice cream truck driver. <gasps> what? Does he <laughs> put bodies in the ice cream thing? No. <gasps> I hope. Well, maybe. I don't know. It never came up. But there's a lot of... There could have been a lot more murders than they know about, so maybe. And they store bodies in the ice cream thing. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Charmaine comes up to Fred in his truck and asks for some ice cream. Fred... uh, Isn't Fred her stepdad? Yeah. Why didn't she just take it? (laughs) Well, would you take something from a man who cages you? No, probably not. Yeah. Well, she asked, and he smashed her in the head. And uh, John saw this, so he beat the shit out of him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. But by 1966, Fred had began sexually abusing his stepdaughter and encouraged Rena to become a prostitute to help them with money. Mm-hmm. Yay. No. No, not yay. Uh, Rena planned to escape with the help of Anna and John. Mm-hmm. That's the wife with their children and uh good job rena but anna had fallen in love with fred and ruined the plan Ugh. so rena and john arena left with john but left the children with anna to nanny them with fred <gasps> so again terrible parenting let's just abandon this kid yeah um july 1967 anna vanishes the nanny slash Mistress. Hooking up with Fred, yeah. She was never reported missing, but her dismembered body was found in a cornfield. So she could still be alive. 
Because <laughs> her dismembered body was found in a cornfield. <laughs> never reported missing. Oh. <laughs> uh, some of the bones were missing. Trophies. Because all the bodies have some bones missing. Okay. And not just from animal scavenging. Um, yeah. She, the time of her vanishing, she was pregnant. And it was shown oh, that her unborn child was cut from the womb. Oh. And never found. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Fred wasn't convicted. Even though, while he was arrested, he told one of the visitors that he had done it. It's the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Rena came back. Moved in with him for another year. She left after a year. And she left the children again with him. You just heard how pissed off I was about that documentary. And now I you're know. telling me about... This is, that's what I felt so many similar things as you were telling it. Except mine gets way worse. What the hell? <laughs> um, Fred didn't like taking care of the children alone, though. So he put them into social services temporarily. So they had You know some... what? That's probably what's best for them. Oh, no. They come back. Don't even worry about it. Ah, uh, fuck. Okay, early 1969, Fred meets 15-year-old Rose Letts from Fred and Rose West, the title of this story. They're the Bonnie and Clyde of England. Mm, no, Bonnie and Clyde were cool, at least. <laughs> um, She wouldn't date him. She thought he was gross, but he convinced her eventually. And, you know. <laughs> you know, because you know what gets girls the most. <laughs> Persistent <laughs> yeah. badgering. Yeah. Uh, she eventually introduced him to her parents. And keep in mind, he's fucking old. He's almost 30. He's like 28. <laughs> She's 15. Oh, well, maybe he had a three-inch penis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, call back. <laughs> anyway, she introduces to the parents. They flip out. They forbid it. She runs away, goes with them. They call social services. They have her put into a home for troubled teens. Oh, and they do this because she was living with this guy and they were convinced that she was a prostitute from his trailer, which she was. Um, Troubled teens. um, When she would visit her parents, she'd go visit Fred. Uh, She left the home at 16 and moved back in with Fred, became pregnant. Her father again got her into a home. And she was released after promising to get rid of the child and move back in with her parents. She went back to Fred, obviously. Um, well, fun, fun side note. The child, possibly not Fred's. Possibly her father's. That's why her father wanted her to come back, because he's just fucked up as Fred. How yeah. old was he, 30? <laughs> Who, Bill? Yeah. I don't know how old he was. <laughs> Uh, Rose gave birth to Heather Ann on October 17, nineteen I uh, mentioned the part that it, Bill was possibly the father. Um, around this time, Fred went to jail for six months for theft, and Rose took care of the three children. One day, Charmaine, the oldest daughter, uh, her friend, walks into the West's house unannounced, and they see Charmaine standing on a chair naked with her hands tied behind her back, her mouth gagged, and Rose standing there with a large wooden spoon. You know, beating the shit out of her. And Charmaine looked unfazed. She didn't give a fuck. Rose is still 15? No, Rose is... This is 1970 now? Oh, no, that's when... No, this is years after, because Charmaine 
I don't know how long it is. But here's actually. the thing: it's like Rose isn't that much older than Charmaine at this point. No. Well, probably like at least ten years, at least probably more. So a twenty-five-year-old hitting a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, naked, bound, gagged, real, real good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and before Fred got out of prison, Rose murdered Charmaine. Just cause. Because, um, I don't know. She got angry one day. Never said. She's like, yeah. Um, she told everyone that she moved back to Scotland with her mother. Um, Fred agreed with the lie, followed it up, and he buried her in their garden. Oh, and when Anne Marie, her sister, asked why her mother didn't take her to Scotland with her, Fred says, quote, she wouldn't want you, love. You're the wrong color. Even though she was the white one. That's rude. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fred buried Charmaine in the garden in the backyard. Uh, at this point, well, Rena didn't even know her daughter was dead at this point, but she was concerned for her children now, eventually. Oh, like, yeah. Finally. So Rena goes to get them back. Mm-hmm. And she was never seen alive again. And uh, when they found her body, she was strangled, and there was a metal tube found inside of her. Wait, are you referring to her hoo-hoo? Mm-hmm. No! It's a story about sexual abuse and murder, I told you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. January 29, 1972. Fred and Rose get married. So how old does that make Rose then? So romantic. 1969, so she's 18. Um, Rose pr- continues to be a prostitute out of their home. And she's into some really intense bondage shit. Like, she wants to cause pain on women. Like, she forces things in them that they can't take. So she did that to Rena, then? Uh, probably, That yeah. sounds like her signature. And the whole thing with Charmaine and the bondage shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, her father, Bill, warmed up to Fred. And uh, they even opened a cafe together called the Green Lantern. It failed. <laughs> no big deal. Just but, like the Green Lantern movie franchise. <laughs> during this time, Bill found out that his daughter was a working girl, and he started visiting her. As a client? Yeah. This is some Jerry Springer shit right here. It's a little more than Jerry Springer shit, don't you think? Oh, the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah. I had to stop. Like, I started this research a couple days ago. Uh-huh. I had to stop. I started again this morning. I had to stop, and I've had to finish it here, like, before you came, just to get it done. Because I couldn't keep doing it. Oh, my God. It's too brutal. This is insane. Yeah. There's so many twists and turns. Um, Rose was extremely violent and abusive, obviously. She even cut the children with knives. Uh, One day, she attacked Fred with a knife, and she lunged at him, and he slammed a door in her face, and the knife went into the door, and her hand slid down the knife and cut off three of her fingers. Oh. Almost cut them off. They were hanging. Ew. And all she said was like, look what you did now. You have to take me to the hospital. Just wrapped in a towel. She didn't give a fuck. Mm. These people are crazy. One time my hand got sliced at a bar and I turned to the bartender and I said, can I have a shot of vodka? And she goes, sure. And hands went to me and I poured it on my hand and I looked at her dead in the eyes and said, now can I have a Band-Aid? And she just stopped and stared at me and then was like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Thanks. So you and Michael, you're the new Fred and Rose West? Michael wasn't part of my life at this point. 
But you're just as crazy as Rose. Sure. Maybe. And Michael's going to be a serial killer, you said. Okay. So, yeah, you guys so can romantic. you guys can abuse children and murder people. How about no? <laughs> well, when I said when you're going to be the next friend, Rose, you should have said no. <laughs> uh, Michael's one of, more one of those dorky, like, serial killers. <laughs> 1972 is the time that Fred started sexually abusing his other daughter, Anna Marie. Mm. And she, by 13... They create, turned her into a prostitute out of their house. Aww. They told their clients she was 16 and Rose would stay in the room so she wouldn't let it slip how old she really was. Um, they got a nanny named Caroline Owens. This is where I start cutting shit down because it was too much to read. Um, yeah, Caroline Owens and... Um, from what I can remember, I didn't write any of this down, but... Uh, they kept making like advances to her, mm-hmm. like sexual advantages, social advances. So she bailed. She started hitchhiking home. And then they picked her up in their car. And, and the they're murder. like, they're like, oh, we're sorry, we love you. Come back in. We're gonna give you a ride home. And then they take her and rape her. <gasps> um, she didn't die. She wasn't murdered. Oh, this one. She charged them with rape and all sorts of things, but she refused to testify in front of a court. Why? Because she was scared like all those other shitty rape See, cases I'm so fucking petty.com <laughs> if anyone did anything yeah. i mean i'm like i don't care about my reputation at this point i just want you to go down yeah and uh because of this they struck up a deal and would you like to guess their sentence 45 days with 10 days served <laughs> oh that'd be amazing they were each charged 50 dollars and set free what <laughs> yeah so yeah that happened and when owens heard this uh the girl that they raped she attempted suicide oh attempted so she's alive this is still the 70s right yeah okay this is the episode is basically the 70s is the worst era right to ever exist yeah yeah like what good happened in the 70s other than well nope that's not good (laughs) i was gonna say other than serial killers No, but legit, what? I don't know. There was disco. It was the worst. It was the worst. (laughs) It was the worst. Like, at least when you get to the 80s, like, you got John Hughes movies. Like, what was in the 70s? There's some good movies in the 70s. That's about it. What movies? Godfather, The Warriors. But other than that, there's disco, cocaine, and murder. Yeah. And and child abuse. Yeah. Abductions. (laughs) Like, nothing good happens in the 70s. Yeah, no. 70s is the worst. Okay. I think we we learned this today. Done. I'm never going to the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um between 1973, oh November 1973 and April 1975, they murdered five people. All in similar ways. They taped their mouths with surgical tape. They'd uh, bind their hands and they would suspend them from the ceiling in their cellar. And then they would torture, abuse, and murder them. How would they suspend them? Nope. I don't want to know the Ropes. Okay. I was thinking hooks. No. Uh, I don't know, actually. I assumed it was ropes. I was thinking, like, meat hooks. Yeah, I don't think it was that. Um, Each victim had it worse than the last. Like, they started doing more and more to each one. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of them had bones missing, like I said before. Like, mm-hmm. keepsakes, and they were all dismembered. 
Um, Did they ever find the bones? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, the missing bones? Mm-hmm. No. No, they didn't. Or the baby. S- babies. There's another baby. Like the ones cut out of the wombs. Okay. Uh, another murder took place in 1978. Um, this one was probably just Fred alone because uh, he impregnated her, possibly. And uh, Rose was starting to get jealous, so he got rid of the body and uh, removed the baby, like I said. Hmm. Same kind of thing. Buried her in the uh, garden. Oh, this, these, those other five, though, they were buried, like, in the basement. And then after the fifth one, they cemented over it. <laughs> like, new basement, new me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, August 5th, they murdered uh, another living nanny in a similar way to the other five. Uh, Heather West, one of their daughters, abused for years, like they are. Uh, she eventually graduated from high school. She tried to get jobs to get out of the house. Like, she couldn't leave. She needed money. And uh, one day, she thought she was going to get this job. She got this thing in the mail saying that she was denied the job. Aww. And uh, they, her, her younger brother and sister were sit or saw her sitting on the couch they went to school and they never saw her again and uh because they didn't want her to leave basically so fred and rose killed her and they kept saying like to the children like they said that they she went to all these places like they kept mixing up their story it was all fucked up like she got the job or she went somewhere else or this and that but they'd always threaten the children when they were bad that uh, you don't want to end up under the patio like Heather. Oh my god, she's under the patio, isn't she? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously. Um, there was a bunch of other shit about abuse to Anne-Marie and other things that I didn't want to read, so I didn't. Do you know how many victims in total they had? Possibly. Like, they know of 13. There's possibly up to 30. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, eventually, all this uh, patio talk and Anne-Marie um, talked to one of her friends and told her what the fuck was going on, and then she told her mom. Mm-hmm. And this all kind of eventually led to a warrant. Oh, yeah, okay. So the whole thing about them abusing Anne-Marie, the police investigated, and uh, it was thrown out because Anne-Marie didn't want to testify mm-hmm. against her parents, I guess. So that was thrown out. But then this led to, with the talk about Heather being under the patio, a search warrant to the, for the to dig up the house. Mm-hmm. They found her and a third bone, a third uh, shin bone. Or, no, maybe it was extra femur or something. So like, who the fuck is this? So they keep digging. They keep talking to Fred. He keeps adding more people to the death list. And they keep digging up more stuff. And they find all these bodies. And... Uh, he eventually admits that this is like there was probably like up to up to thirty more just buried across the country, not all in one place like these other thirteen. And uh, yeah, they got arrested. Fred uh, ended up hanging himself in prison before the trial, and Rose is still in prison for life with no parole. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't do murder episodes because they're horrible. <laughs> They really bring They're us the down worst. sometimes. Like, how do shows like that show that you went and watched with those two women? My favorite murder. Is it this dark every week? 
No, I don't know. They are able to spin it in a way that's not as dark as we are doing. Have they done Fred and Rose before? Because they can't. How do you spin this? I... I don't... This all seems like new information to me, but at the same time, maybe not. Mm. But I don't know. And I don't know if it was from that one or maybe another one or if I just had heard the story or if I... Because at the same time, all this was extremely shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and dark. I should check out this show to see how they spin it. Maybe I can learn how to spin it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was this my favorite murder, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other ones I can recommend. I don't know. I just don't get as sad listening to the other shows as I get doing our research. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> and then doing our episodes. Like, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it took me three tries to do all this. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't do it every week. Yeah. Oh, so shit. we're not a murder show. Next week, we better do something real happy, like we- unicorns. <laughs> all right. Unicorns it is. <laughs> um, Fuck. Yeah. I. Yeah. That's why we do other things, too, though. Yeah. We're not just a murder show. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do the show. If, if it was we murder every murder. day? Yeah. No, it would be... It's too depressing. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, well. So, mm-hmm. just to brighten the mood a little bit, I found this show that I've been watching. I've been binging. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's about a woman in the 1950s. Her husband is trying to be a stand-up, like a comedian. Uh, he leaves her for his secretary, and then she becomes a stand-up, and it's fucking great. <laughs> And it's so happy, and it's just great. So you should watch it. Do you have Amazon Prime? No. You should get it. Okay. If you have Amazon Prime, watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Lenny Bruce is in it. Like, a guy plays Lenny Bruce in it. Okay. You know who Lenny Bruce is? Comedian? Yeah. Like, he got arrested several times for <laughs> bad language in the 50s and shit. Uh, anyway, yeah. It's very awesome. Watch that show. It's lovely. No, I still live off Netflix. Thinking about expanding, but we'll see. But you could use Amazon Prime to get fast shipping as well. That's true. Yeah. I don't order that much, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been watching Marie Kondo on Netflix, though. (laughs) Yes. You mentioned that. I don't actually know what it is. Okay. So Marie Kondo is like this happy little Japanese woman. And she has a book that's like the art of tidying up or like some sort of fancy title. Okay. And basically she has like these like ideas that you like go to your house and you look at all your clutter and you like pick up the thing and you ask yourself does this make me happy and if it doesn't spark joy you thank it oh that's why you tweeted that the other day yeah you thank (laughs) it and then you uh say goodbye to it and you donate it or whatever i should do that with everything i own yeah well that's basically what i'm doing okay (laughs) is i am like I just want everything that doesn't spark joy to go away. <laughs> yeah, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but I hate everything I own. Mm-hmm. And I want to get rid of a lot of it. I should just start doing that. Yeah, and it's because I've been doing that. But the thing is, I've like, I hadn't actually watched the show yet. And okay. I had never read the book. So I had started doing it with just what I thought what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what's it actually about? Oh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not far off, to be honest. Um, you but- shouldn't be. There's... How much can there be? But the show's like, it's pretty good, actually. Like, I get why, like, everyone got excited about it at the beginning of January. Like, hashtag new year, new me. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, like Marie comes in, she's all like, "I want to introduce myself to your house," but she doesn't speak a lot of English, so she only says like three English. Oh, phrases. so this show, she goes into people's houses and does this for them. Yeah, and then so she like she says she wants to introduce people to their house, and then she goes, "I love mess," and then that's literally all she says in English, and then there's like a translator. So like I would be following along with the show as I was like doing some of my cleaning and like saying goodbye to my things. And then okay. I, but there's like subtitles, so I'd have to like stop and like watch it. And I'm like, you're so cute. I hate you. How do you make this so easy? Um, and yeah, it's. So how are you doing with it? Uh, I've gotten, so I had my entire closet full plus a dresser plus like two Tupperware bins full of clothes plus two closets in my mom's house. Of clothes? Yep. Jesus. I am down to one closet of clothes. Well done. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I'm doing something that they don't recommend, which is where you like put things into storage and then just like ends up in like your parents' house or, mm. um, but like it's, it's not necessarily because I'm putting things into storage at my parents' house. It's because it's like stuff that I only use once a year and I don't have space to store it at my house because right. Michael takes over our garage and our spare room. Mm. <laughs> so for storage, I have my closet. <laughs> All right, let's do this right now. Point to something in the room. Um, that crate. Yeah, I tie my boots on it. Okay, so that sparks joys. Yeah. <laughs> so we keep it. <laughs> that bus. Um, I like it, but it's just decoration. I don't think it sparks joy. So gone? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, if it doesn't spark joy, you say goodbye to it, but it's also not really taking up that much space. <laughs> so, and it looks pretty good where it is. There's also another one on that speaker. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you can have one then. <laughs> <laughs> that one's yellow and that one's red. That's okay. Well, okay, That one's fine. for camp and that one's for hippies. Use them as bookends then. Oh, but um, then you have to go through your books and decide which ones. Uh, All right. Point to something else. Um, that black hat. Uh, that's my work hat. Like I chop wood with it. Mm-hmm. Does it spark joy? It's useful. <laughs> it gets all sweaty so my other hats don't. So, yes. Yes, it does. It keeps my other hats clean. <laughs> You're not doing good at this. All right. Point to another thing. I got this. Maybe I need everything I own. <laughs> you're, like, in terms of actual, like, clutter, you're not so bad. Um, but, like, what she would do is, like, you see your bookshelf over there? I'm the DVDs. Assuming, yeah, DVDs. She'd make you go through those uh, and okay. decide which ones spark joy and which ones don't. That's I could do that, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of more like it. Um, a big one for us is our kitchen. Because, like, we fight. Like, me and Michael, we fight a lot about our clutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because we have we were two totally separate people that had completely full And then smashed lives. into one house. Yeah. Um, very independent people. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, like, we collided. So one example in our house is I have this really nice calf on self-sharpening knife set like it's got really nice handles like they're like people come over and they're like oh like these are nice and i don't like people touching my knives um and <laughs> i get that but, and they have like nice steak knives that come with them but for some reason michael couldn't get rid of his 30 dollar favorware set of knives that need to be sharpened every single time you use them so they're just sitting on our wall um on like a magnetic and he strip. uses your knives and he uses my knives. Like, he literally never uses his knives. He might use the bread knife because it's more visible than the one in my knife block. Mm-hmm. But he uses my knives. And um, 
And then there's like four or five mismatched steak knives that were also part of a set. Okay. And I'm like, okay, but like, you don't need these. Like, no. we have, I have really nice steak knives as well. Like, they're in the block with the other knives. Yeah. I'm like, you just don't need these. Like, we don't use them. They're taking up space. Like, let's get rid of them. And we have six potato peelers. <laughs> you have six potato peelers? We have six potato peelers. I'm not even, oh, I have one. Yeah, I so, have one. I, I start. I, we have one really nice one that I like to use. One that's similar to that that he apparently likes to use, but I've never seen him use. And then three of like the <laughs> shitty t- style. And then right. okay, so we have five, we have five. <laughs> Still four too many. <laughs> Still four too many. So I'm trying to get rid of them, and he's sitting there going, "No, like these are perfectly good." Well, you can give them to Goodwill. Okay, that's like, that's the, the thing. Give them to someone village. then. And so I started going off of my off of my thing, but he was being like a hoarder and not wanting to get rid of them. And I was like, "Well, what about the steak knives? We don't need these steak knives." And his argument is like, "And then you stabbed him with one, <laughs> and that's why Michael's gone now." Do you want our friend Troy to use your your good steak knives? I'm like, "Yeah, if he uses them in the fucking house like a normal human being." But the thing is, Troy comes over with like Michael's other like weird friends, and they'll cook like a steak on like a open fire in the middle of our parking lot so no i don't want you to take and that's ruin, a good way to make a steak yeah and they, no no no. they ruined our cookie sheets doing this why'd they do it on a cookie sheet because they're fucking idiots like i want a little grill that you put in a fire <laughs> yeah that's the thing like do that if your friends are gonna eat outside like animals then yes you can you keep your shitty ass steak knives and Keep them in the garage. Keep them in the garage to <laughs> let your friends use. But if your friends want to come inside and eat like civilized human beings, then they're welcome to use my steak knives. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Troy. Fuck you, Troy. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got some shit to get rid of. And that's the thing. is like, I will not be happy until my space is clean. And that's the thing is like, I'm the kind of person where my space is messy. If my space is messy, I will give up and be messy and then I'll get into like a bad mental health space. Mm. So if I'm clean and our, good. and our space is organized and I can maintain it, then I'm happy. And then my mental health can stay happy because I'm not worrying about mess. Yeah. I should, now that you say this, I should really go through those DVDs. I haven't watched most of them in years. You know what I did with my DVDs, like, the last time that I did this, is I just got, um, like, some of those sleeves off of Amazon, and I just put them in a binder. Yeah, So they that. took up the, the equivalent of one book space. Yeah. And I was like, great, there is 50 DVDs in one space. I've been watching the, uh, the Mighty Boosh with Courtney. I've been mm-hmm. showing it to her. Fuck, that show's so good. Does she love it? I haven't watched it Does she love yeah. everything about it? Yeah. It's I'm so really good though, happy right? right now. It's so good. I haven't watched it in years. I'm so happy I put it on. I borrow it after? Yeah. And then I can introduce Michael. For and sure. he'll say, this is stupid. And I'll be like, you're stupid. <laughs> I got two of them right there. I'm bringing to her house tonight. Sweet. Fuck, that's a good show. All right. Let's get into my thing. Okay. Let's go dark. dark. Is it as dark as mine? No, it's uh, it's not. No, it's not as long. But is it as dark uh, it's no. There's no child abuse. Good. Well, children die. But there's no rape. Okay. Yeah. No rape. There's no rape. It's just. It's just like a. Why did this happen? For some reason. Well, not for some reason. It's pretty clear. Rape is worse than murder. Um. <laughs> I think it is. Mm. At least, like, you get murdered, you're murdered. You get raped. You got raped. Yeah, but if you get raped, you can live to become stronger. All right. Well, these are rape slash murders. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's the worst kind of rape and murder. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just wouldn't want to live with that. Like, that must be really hard. And I'm sorry for anybody who's ever experienced that. Yeah. Anyway, get into it. Uh, all right, so we're going to time travel. To the 70s? All the way back to 2017. Oh, yeah, okay. You said yours <laughs> is recent. Uh, the suggestion came from us, or came from us, no, it came to us, from uh, Manish. And this is the story. Thanks, Manish. Yeah, and I might like completely butcher a lot of names and pronunciations in this because this comes from India, and I'm not a worldly person. Classic Sasquatch ate my baby stuff. That's what we do. We mispronounce <laughs> words. Yeah. So this is a story of the Chandamat family. Okay. I'm going to say that, that might be the pronunciation. How's it spelled? C-H-U-N-D-A-M-A-T. I thought you started with a T. Didn't you say Chandamat. Oh, Chandamat. I heard yeah. ton. Uh, or it's also known, known as the Barari Deaths, which is the area. Okay. Okay. So it takes place in Barari, India, particularly in the Sant Nagar neighborhood where the family had lived for over 20 years. All right. They, uh, I don't know if I wrote down where they originally came from. It was like Raja something. But they're Indian. Yeah, they're in India. Like they came from India, somewhere else in India. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the family consisted of the matriarch uh, Narayana, or no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Narayani Devi, who was 77. Her husband, Bhopal Sain, had passed away in 2007 of natural causes. Her two sons also lived in the house, Bhavnesh, who was 50, and his wife, Savita, and Lolit, 45, and his wife, Tina. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bhavnesh's children, two girls, Nitu and Manu, but in another um, article I read that her name was Manika. Um, what, what did you say it was? Manu. Manu and Manika? Yeah. It might, maybe Manu maybe is a short, short for it. Yeah. version, like, yeah. like Peggy's short for Margaret. <laughs> a Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can keep saying these names. I'm never going to remember who's who. Okay. Um, that's fine. And then, I heard Tina. That and was an then easy name. their 15-year-old son, Dhruv. Um, I actually know how to pronounce that one because I know it, Dhruv. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> However, in another article, I read that his name was Durendra. Again, it could be short. Yeah. I'll ask Dhruv. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, Lolit had one child son named Shiv Shivam, who was also 15. Um, but another source called him Dushyant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, again, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Um, Narayani's daughter. This is going to be hard. Pratiba. Pratiba. Bhatya. Who's <laughs> uh, okay. 57. And her daughter, Pri Priyanka, um, 33, also lived in the home. They so how many people are in this home? 11. Okay. Yeah. They also had a pet dog named Tommy. Oh, adorable. <laughs> I love Tommy. He's yeah. the best part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so Bopal and Narayani were beloved in their neighborhood. Neighbors, neighbors even called them mummy and daddy, and they helped out with child care in the neighborhood, um, and they were mm. just really popular. That's nice. Yeah. They sound very awesome. Yeah. Wait, they're not murderers, are they? Don't think, do they get murdered? Or are they murderers? Wait and find out. <laughs> now I'm nervous. No, Bop Bopal's dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank goodness. Um... So family, I'm just going to say, 
yeah, I'll, I'll say this bit, even though we don't know what's happening yet. So members <laughs> of the family who did not live in the residence, including the eldest son and another daughter, were interviewed afterwards. Um, the eldest son, Dinesh, said that he did not go with his other brother, Bhavnesh, in 1993 to his parents' new residence because of ties in their previous home in Rajasthan. There we go. <laughs> his business was prospering and he had also been in an accident the previous year. Okay. So that's why those other people weren't part of it. I don't know why the sister wasn't. I didn't actually read into her. She wanted to hang out with her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Pratiba's husband, uh, was that's the oldest daughter right okay was an alcoholic and his family didn't treat her well when when he died bopal summoned her back to their home and that was around the mid-90s so that's how she ended up back in the residence okay um just to keeping with that part of the family so in 2018 um pratiba's daughter priyanka had been engaged within oh sorry in 2017 I was going to say. Yeah. Jump ahead there. Yeah. <laughs> Had been engaged within um, probably like June-ish, maybe the end of May, um, and had plans to marry at the end of the year. Bav Nash was a grocer. I'm just telling you facts about the family so we yeah. can know about them. Yeah. Getting me more personalized yeah. with them. In 1989, Lalit had to drop out of college in his senior year. He was um, studying medicine. A dear friend um, that was studying with him. Um, dear can't be medicine, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hilarious. All right. A dear, a dear friend studying with him. Yeah, a dear friend. A friend that, he, that cared greatly for him. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, remembered how he was the funniest person in their group, but was also no nonsense and never compromised his own principles. Um, In the 90s, Lalit began working in a plywood shop and then opened his own plywood shop shortly before marrying his wife in 2002. However, in 2004, he was attacked and pushed under several sheets of plywood that were then set on fire. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Was he murdered? No. Did he live? In this incident, he supposedly lost his voice, but the perpetrator was never found. How do you lose his voice? You just, Smoke, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Smoke. That's smart. I didn't think of that. Hmm. Anyways, that could just be conjecture. <laughs> okay. I found that in a different article that wasn't Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So back in 2007, Lolit, Lolit became more introverted after his father's death from respiratory disease. Ten days after the death, a priest was called for prayer, and during prayer, Lalit's voice returned, Ooh. Mm-hmm, which he attributed to his father. He started praying in front of trees and offering food to animals. This type of banyan tree worship became it came from an instruction from his deceased father. Like from his father after he was dead? His father's ghost is speaking to him. That's cool. Yeah. Through him, too, because he gave him the voice back. Well, yeah. So he shared with his family that he felt like he was possessed by his father's soul, um, who told him to attain a good life. Between 2013 and 2017, he maintained a dairy as per his father's instructions. Oh, a dairy? Oh, maybe this was 2018. Sorry. I think this is 2018, not 2017. Okay. Because I've written 2018 a lot. So super recent. No, I feel like it was 2017. Okay. <laughs> but I wrote 2018 on all of these, but I'm 90%. It's either 17 or 18. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as per his father's instructions. In the last week of June 2018, an employee of Lalit said that he didn't come into the plywood shop, shop 
very often. A friend, wait, June 2017 or 18. A friend Just of, say in June. Okay, in June. <laughs> in June of the year that we might be speaking of. <laughs> a, fr- <laughs> a friend of the two 15-year-old boys remembered that the boys were lively in their studies as well as their interest in cycling and cricket, but the last week of June, he did not see them very much. All right. On July 1st, all 11 members of the family were found dead. Just mm-hmm. on July 1st? Mm-hmm. Had to be Canada Day. Canada Day. I don't remember what I was doing. Mm, well, if it was celebrating actually, if it Canadian. was 2017, I was in downtown <clears throat> Vancouver and watching the fireworks, and I decided that I never want to do that again because that is the most like stressful, anxiety driven place you do not want to be in the middle of an apocalypse or any sort of like major bombing like if that's imagine what, being at Times square on new year's oh it would be brutal yeah uh, if that is what like the streets no i can't imagine that the streets were that packed during the mm. hockey riots no but if they were even a quarter of as packed as it was on canada day like that's terrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah probably not that packed no but still who the fuck riots because their team loses? Canada. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on. Yep. Uh, ten of them were found hanging in the courtyard, blindfolded, mouths taped, hands and feet tied, cotton plugging their ears. Their faces were almost entirely covered with cloth cut from a bed sheet. There were also five stools found nearby, suggesting the family had taken, shared um, using the stools. So, like, they did it to themselves? Mm-hmm. 77-year-old Narayani, so the matriarch, mm-hmm. was also found dead in another room. She had been strangled. Um, a report referred to it as a partial hanging. Okay, but if they all killed themselves mm-hmm. by hanging, mm-hmm. they said the stools were found nearby. Yeah. One of them would have had to been under the last guy's feet. If the, at least one of them was moving these stools, somebody else had to have been there. They're in like a courtyard. Like they could have, like they jumped. Yeah, but the stools were found nearby. They would have had to have been knocked over under at least one of their feet. Because the guy couldn't hang and then put the stools over there. Oh. See, when See what I, I'm saying? Yeah, but when I was thinking of it, because I don't really understand the architecture of houses in India, because I was looking at another story in, story in India, and I chose not to do that one because I didn't understand the layout of the house. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking that there was like a courtyard that was like half outdoors, and that they were like up in the rafters, and they were standing on stools, and then yeah. they all jumped off. But then now it's occurred to me that they could have just jumped off the edge in the scenario that I'm considering. The edge of what? The courtyard. A courtyard's just like a yard. Mm-hmm. There's no edge. See, in my head, there is. <laughs> but there's not. Okay, now I just don't understand the layout of the house. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a yard mm-hmm. with some cement. Because it's a courtyard, it's mm-hmm. not just a yard. And you said there's five stools nearby. Mm-hmm. So that means somebody had to move those stools after everyone was dead. They could have just been like nearby, could be an inch away from their feet. Like though. under their feet, I guess, yeah. but that's poor writing. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, 
anyway, that's just my thoughts. So in the house, 11 diaries were found. Um, they've been updated over 11 years. So the 11 years. Okay, then it would have been 2018. Cause, okay, it's 2018. Because the father died, or the, like, the grandfather died in, in 2007. Yeah. Okay, so it's so 2018. So each of them, each of the 11 people had their own diary. They no, were writing in it. It was just 11 years worth of diaries. Oh, from one person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in them were detailed notes on how hands and how the hands and the legs are to be tied. It mentions in the diary that everyone will tie their own hands, and then the kriya, which is, means ritual, I guess, is done. Um, everyone will help each other untie their hands. Uh, the everyone no- will help each other untie their hands. Yeah. So, like, this kind of indicates that they didn't expect to die. So they thought some shit was going to happen. They were doing a ritual of some sort. From the father from beyond the grave through that for through his son. Mhm. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Um the no, the books also dictated a daily routine for the members including their eating habits and other men, mundane activities. Um the friend of the 15-year-old boy says that they were like really they were more religious and more um out of touch than the other boys their age like they would partake in um daily rituals and stuff that other like nobody else was into. yeah that no one else was into like of that age right yeah um so like hey let's go play kickball now i gotta do this ritual yeah okay basically um and also included um, activities for financial and general betterment of the family. Um, there's also references to meeting God and attaining salvation. So hang yourself, you meet God, become saved, untie yourself. Yeah. Well, it's a big mystery because no one really knows how to decipher these. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a like a wondering, was this a mass suicide? Was it a murder suicide? Or was it just murder? Well, you said that the the matriarch, Mm -hmm. she was possibly partially hanged, Mm -hmm. but then strangled to death. The main article that I read said that she was found strangled in another room, but uh, like like an official report that I found said that she was partially hanged. But that means that somebody had to finish her off, right? I don't know. This was very hard to decipher. Yeah, it was very hard to understand. But that's why I kept that note, because that was the only source that I found that said that she was partially hanged. Everything else just said strangled. And I was like, well, those are two totally different things yeah. that have different meanings. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so the Delhi police uh, questioned a self-styled woman, which I had to look up what that meant. Um, and I guess it was, she's kind of like a, almost like a cult leader-y, like God... Um, it just sounded very culty to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what self style was. Jim Jones shit. Yeah. Named Gita in connection with the Barari deaths. Gita is also the daughter of a mason who was involved in the 11 mysterious water pipes that were found jutting out of the... Wait, what? <laughs> out of the Barari home. So there was 11 pipes sticking out of the home. Yeah, I don't remember writing that. Um, cops had early in the work, however, ruled her out, um, sorry, had ruled out the role of any God man slash God woman in the deaths. Oh, okay. Yeah. Self-styled woman. Yeah. (laughs) I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Psychologists think that the deaths were shared 
or where a shared psychotic disorder where the group trusts another person of the group to follow instructions completely blind um, without any questioning. And Lalit was suffering from a delusional disorder, um, which would have made him kind of the advocate of it. Like through his fa- him thinking yeah. he was talking to his father. Daddy's talking to me. Let's kill ourselves. Um, however, the diaries that were found... Were they his? Yeah. Okay. Um, like like they said, they thought that they'd like untie their feet and stuff. That kind of indicated that they didn't think that they would die during this ritual. Yeah. Um, which is make it even more sad. So some people think that it was an accident that happened during the ritual, that it wasn't their intentions to actually hang themselves. But like, but they a, were all hanging. Yeah, an entire family that ties their bodies up and puts nooses around their heads. Like, what do you expect to happen? And if there was only five stools, five people died, and then five more people died. And well, I think their faces are covered with sheets, so they might not see the other people dying. And they have cotton balls in their ears, so they can't hear them. But I mean, if there's ten people and five stools, they had to move the stools and place them again for themselves. So they watched those five people die and then set themselves up. Well, unless they like, or two of them were each standing. Two of them on one were stool. each standing, and then I suppose that could happen, yeah. Or like one after the other, and then if they can't see and they can't hear because they have ear caught in, caught their, in ears, their ears, then the person is struggling and dying. The next person does it, and then they're all in the same predicament. Yeah. yeah. But it like obviously we weren't there. This is only conjecture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucking knows, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, in a psychological autopsy conducted by the CBI, the Central Bureau of Inve- Investigations, stated that no one in the family had actually intended to put an end to their life. Yeah, it seems that way mm-hmm. for sure. Um, during the commotion, Tommy the dog survived as he had been chained to the terrace. When the police found him, he was actually suffering from a high fever and he was said to be convulsing at Noida's house of stray animals where he had been taken to after the rescue. Um, Tony... Tommy did survive until July 22nd, where he sadly passed away from a heart attack in his new home. Fuck. I thought Tommy was going to make it through this one. Yeah. And that's it. No happy thoughts on this episode. There's literally no happy thoughts. Go watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Well, there's no happy thought, which is why I wanted to say, let's talk about how uh, Keatna, Alaska had a cat named Stubbs as its mayor between 1997 and two th- 2017. Oh, that's right. I got the 2017. <laughs> Did the cat not the mayor because it died? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 There's more happiness, though. When the mayor sadly passed away. He was first elected when he was only three months old from a writing campaign by voters who opposed the human candidates, which I choose to believe, despite some radio stations saying that's total baloney because uh, there's technically no real human mayor in this town. Well, fuck you, radio (laughs) station. Cats are mayors, too. Yeah, suck Uh, a dick radio station. (laughs) Uh, The cat held the position for exactly 20 years. He was found... an old cat, actually. mm -hmm, He was found in a box of abandoned kittens by a general store... Um, in town by Lori Steck. She named him Stubbs because he didn't have a tail. Oh, Mayor Stubbs, mm-hmm. you're adorable. Mayor I'm going to St- pet you. 
<laughs> mayor Stubbs brought in about 30 to 40 tourists a day in hopes of meeting the mayor. Uh, the town is a historic district, which is why they don't need to, a human to do a lot of mayoring, so the cat does just fine. Um, according to his Wikipedia page, he would go to a restaurant daily and drink catnip-infused water from a wine or margarita glass. <laughs> Unfortunately. The cat was an anti-Semite and hanged 15 <laughs> Jewish people. Shut the fuck up. This cat is an amazing man. The cat decreed Alaska. in his mayor power. I'm done with you. You can go home. Wait, this is your home. This is the studio. So in 2013, he was attacked by a dog and suffered a punctured lung, a fraction, fractured sternum, and there was a crowdfunding page to pay for his medical bills. Sounds like an assassination, assassination attempt to me. Sounds like it. Um, after, uh, after he was all fixed up and stuff, which he, he was in the animal ICU for a while, um, he was discouraged from roaming. <laughs> they were like... <laughs> Damn it, Mayor Stubbs. Stay in your <laughs> office. Yeah. There's too many people out for your life. Um, the surplus funds were then given to an animal shelter nearby, as well as the local vet. And the dog was put down. <laughs> There's a whole conspiracy theory. There was a grassy knoll. There was a second dog. <laughs> Why did the cat's head go back into the left? Um, so, but going on with assassination attempts, teenagers have also shot him with BB guns. What the fuck? He also once fell into a deep fryer <laughs> at a local restaurant, but luckily it was turned off at the time for cleaning. <laughs> and another time he accidentally hitched a ride on a garbage truck out of town. He was done with their bullshit. Yeah. He was like, goodbye. He was like the littlest hobo, which for those of you guys don't know, was a Canadian TV show in the late 80s, early 90s about a German shepherd dog that would roam from town to town helping the inhabitants of these small it was towns. Canadian Lassie. It was Canadian Lassie, but it was way better. Yeah, because it traveled. Yeah. What the fuck did Lassie do? Save Timmy from a well again? <laughs> fuck Timmy. Stay out of the well. If you can look up the Littlest Hobo theme song on YouTube right now, it would thrill me. Me? Right now? Or yeah, the, people? the people? We could play it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we wouldn't get fired by I'll Canadians. Put it on. <laughs> um, so, anyways, there was talk of another kitten named Denali becoming the new mayor after his death, which was confirmed via the cat's Instagram page, with, which boasts that Denali, who was born in 2016, was buddies with Mayor Stubbs for a whole year of his life before taking office. You train him up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. Follow uh, him at Denali Mayor Cat um, and his adventures, which have pictures of him drinking out of the margarita glass and also him cuddling <laughs> with his uh, sister, which I forgot her what her name was, but she is also a very beautiful cat. They're very they're a very attractive cat couple. Um, well, they're siblings. Yeah, and even though Mayor Stubbs has passed along, you can also fire him, follow him on Instagram at. Stubbs Mayor Cat. Does he tweet from beyond the grave? No. Um, Which you can also find these through who we follow on Instagram because at SasquatchAteMyBaby follows (laughs) Mayor Stubbs and Mayor Delaney. (laughs) They're my best candidates. It's funny because like we just had an election here in Anaima. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to vote. I was neither. I registered Uh, to like couch. Oh, I thought you'd be too far south too. No. You actually might be. Oh, I might be? Based on the map. 
I'm uh, too far north. I'm six houses too far north, basically. I'm like in the center of the... Well, not the center Yeah, of the but city. it's like the cutoff is... They're like anyone in the poor like, areas can't it's vote. It's like Third Street and up in Albert and around there. I think you're just outside of it, too. <laughs> I'm too poor. <laughs> you're, you're part of the Ladysmith District, I think. What the And fuck? I'm part of Parksville Qualicum. Well, I'm part of the like Cowichan District, because that's yeah. where all my stuff is registered. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear the theme? Okay, yeah. I love the Little Hobo. This is going to bring us out. I'll restart it. There's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road. That's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. So if you want to join me for a while, just grab you want to keep going? Okay. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. And that is the Littlest Hobo theme song by the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> Sorry, by Rush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry by the, the tragically hip <laughs> the guess who <laughs> alright say the words by some 41 I Fox just want to keep 41. going alright Canadian bands alright the Bye Obsidian friends. Trust no oh. the, <laughs> sorry I didn't know the joke was still going alright okay but for real bye friends